motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. People. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk sounds like. People the joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Just came here to fuck around. People like games. That's fucking outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 74 of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And you are tuned in as per usual to the best damn podcast in the gaming industry trademark 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 let's go thank you for listening and before we jump into things we are going to pause and Lilo I'm going to ask what you playing baby well Sir, just picked up some Paladins, been fucking around with that, playing some Apex on both the PC and the PS4 because it's fucking free and why not? And you and I, well, as you know, rather, Final Fantasy IX, never played it, got it on the Switch, baby. Excited. What about you? I have been playing this thing called a book that you <laughs> flip with your pages wow. with your hands. That's so interactive, and man. That's crazy. You use your brain to create uh, the pictures of the story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what is that called? Specifically, The Swerve by Stephen Greenblatt. It was really fun. So I got, I, I've taken a pause. As we said, we weren't playing anything last week. And so yeah. did that. But... I also picked up Final Fantasy IX, one of my my favorite Final Fantasy and probably, honestly, the only one I've played in depth, uh, but never finished. Like, I never finished any of the other ones. Anyway, we're going to do a sort of Games Club-esque version of our book club, which we'll be announcing a book next week as well. And, you know, we're just going to play a game together. Beezus is going to get involved as well, so... Jesus, answer your goddamn text. And this first one's going to be Final Fantasy IX. I don't have a name for it yet. Like we don't have a name for our new segment, but... Hotcakes! Anywho, 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 anywho. That's right. It's Blood Walk time. And you know where we're going to start. A soiree do gaming is May 3rd, Huntington... Launchpad, 315 Main Street. If you're in Long Island, tickets are on Eventbrite, 16 plus. The event sponsored by Starbucks, Ben & Jerry's, Microsoft, shout out to Microsoft, and GameStop. There's going to be shitload of games, food, drank. Yup. It's going to be a good time, Ice man. cream. It's going to be a good time. Coffee. It'll be fun. People like games. People like fun. People like Go community. to Eventbrite. You like community, too. Let's do that. Big facts. And Twitter, you can find us at People Like Games is a handle at Lilo PLG for Lilo, at Bezos PLG for Bezos, at People Like Games for me. That is going to be a joke it's running permanent. until it's dead, mm-hmm. even though it's been dead. So we're just going to continue kicking it. And Instagram at People Like Games. Yep. You can find info on the event this week that will be starting tomorrow every day for the coming week we're going to be releasing uh information about it uh and that is the soiree and the reddit r backslash people like games you can find some facts there baby and we're going to get a lot more interactive on it because uh some of us have a little bit more time to uh get this thing up and sort of get it uh, a bit more interactive with the community. So, anywho, I'm sure I'm missing something, as I usually do. You can find the podcast. Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Usual suspects, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor. As I said, I know I'm missing something. <laughs> Thank you, Lilo. And now I'm going to pass it right back over to you for a little bit of... The talk, baby. Table contents. Appreciate the rock. Uh, so this particular week, we're going to continue with the segment TBD, which is hotcakes, as I like to call it. And that name's going to stick because I know Solo's not going to change it. So hotcakes give you the one and done one liners of the industry that you need to know. We don't need to get into more in depth. That's pretty much it. Follow it up with our standard quick scope. 
quick scope is the rundown of the stories you should hear for this past week the week of the 17th in gaming we got some good good stories coming out for you we follow that up with solo something or another he's picked an article that he wants to highlight this week that he thinks is important for everyone here uh unfortunately i'm excited to find out what it is i won't lie (laughs) so he's gonna do some uh real-time research but anyway uh we would follow it up with rumor mill but as we discussed before the show today rumor mill we're so damn good that all the rumors that we had have turned into facts and so they're just just facts so when we get more rumors that segment will be back and ready to go Wicked. <laughs> after that uh after solo something or another we're gonna follow it up with my game spotlight super fucking stoked to highlight this game a lot of you probably heard about it but i'm going to beat it with a stick and just make sure i hammer this bitch home because i'm fucking excited and after that we're wrapping it up with the final lap. And the final lap is the big news out of PlayStation, and that is PS5 reveal, aka the details out of it. So without further ado, let's start it with we need a sound cue for this. We'll just start. Hotcakes. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Just click everything. Click it everything. <laughs> I, I, I just I, I, the first thing I thought of was what what don't we use? Yeah, right? What's what's the actual okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Game. Sega! Sega. Some. Uh, <laughs> so, the first we'll headline that you need to hear is that Apple has reportedly spent $500 million on their new gaming service that we highlighted for you last week, and that is games on mobile. Do you need to know more than that? No. Is it expected? Yes. It's just a fuck ton of money, and now you know. They're spending buckets on this shit. Solo? And... I've got the next two. So firstly, basically Xbox announces that they are confirming what we covered last week, which was that Xbox would be announcing a Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which would be $15 a month and would combine Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass. It occurred. It's available. If you're interested, go buy it. So much and fucking money. Next up, we have Capcom enters the retro gaming console market because apparently they too believe that uh, Raspberry Pis in cheap boxes might be uh, plausible as a consumer item. But that's not the case. Dumb. Because, dumb. Why? <gasps> um, yep. So yeah. So that's news, and I'm sure it will go away, just like the PlayStation Classic. And now, that's right. Oh, it's quick yeah. season. All right. Well, I got this first story coming out, and it's highlighting what industry has been saying about Google Stadia, and sort of four reasons why a lot of people are actually not going with the hype that comes with the streaming service. We've talked about a couple of these at length, but I just wanted to hammer them home as we get more and more information out. These are just things that should be in the back of your head when you're thinking about a streaming service. It's not Google specific, to be completely honest with you, but it's in this story for Google. Um, Number one, anytime you're gonna have a streaming service, there's gonna be technical issues associated with it. You know, uh, Sol and I were able to play the demo of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and while that was awesome, that's a single player game. A lot of, like, if you wanna get rid of a console, you wanna be able to play the multiplayer games you want on it. Input lag is a huge factor when you're playing any multiplayer game and that's something that google needs to sort out at a massive scale so playing odyssey definitely had problems there was some jitter some lag every now and then for the most part it was okay but that's a single player game imagine trying to play fortnite imagine trying to play apex legends rocket league anything like that it's it's gonna be killer multiplayer crowd it's gonna be a tough sell this folds in together because you're gonna have specific titles, specific titles to different services. And are these big names like EA going to sell Battlefront and Battlefield and FIFA and Madden to Google? Or are they just gonna keep their own subscription services? That's something that Google needs to navigate. They do have the power to buy them. However, buy rights, I don't really know if that's gonna work out. Next thing would be, is Google Stadia gonna be worth the money? Worth the money because of what I just said essentially the game titles available. What are gonna be the exclusives? Where are they gonna get the rights from? Who are they gonna talk to? And the other thing is, if you already have a console, 
all the biggest games now are free to play. Q, um, Fortnite, PUBG, uh, Apex Legends, all these battle royales. You're gonna have a hard time competing with a streaming service that can't keep up with the multiplayer, fast player action. Why would you pay for a service if you can play these games for free on a console you already own? It's weird, right? And finally, competition in the market. As we know, Amazon's gonna enter the race. Microsoft is already doing the Project Cloud. EA's doing their Project Atlas. You got Tencent debuting on the DL, all of these things in China, and all these players in the market are gonna compete with Google. So if Google doesn't get hit the ground running and get it right, I think you're me in uh, a lot of trouble there. What do you think, Solo? I think that the streaming or the game Netflix of gaming market is going to be equally crowded as uh, we've been saying by a lot of big name competitors. Right? And the issue is the same that I'll continually say, which is there's only a certain amount of big AAA title publishers that are, are go, right? available are with go? content uh, for you to be able to stream. And if you don't have standing relationships with the industry, I think it might be difficult. Uh, look at the case of Epic Games Store. I'm sure Discord Store had a lot of things to offer itself, but the moment you're able to create a discount on the fee that you're having to be charged to use the coding language inherent in your game on top of that split, which only a company like that can do, you're sort of hampered. So Google might be good. I think Amazon is going to be the one that might have the most curious entry into the gaming market. So stands to be seen though. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Not a lot of details about Stadia are out. <clears throat> Same with the, the arcade. A lot of that's still niche. Uh, not niche, I guess. L in its in, in, initial stages right, would be a proper way of putting that. But anyway, now on to our next story. And that is GameStop is in the news again. This time trying something new. In this case, it is called the Guaranteed You'll Love It, or Guaranteed to Love It program, which will allow people to return a game within 48 hours of the game's launch, and you'd get your full money back, uh, minus tax, obviously. But the game is coinciding with the launch of Days Gone, and will only allow customers who buy the game between April 25th and 28th to be able to be eligible for the refund. I guess it's fucking awesome. as a means, I, uh, it, it's not bad because it's something we spoke about with digital or gaming right. going digital and ability to gain though, money back right? on something you don't like. But that is, you know, it's a good idea. It's not terrible. They haven't really announced what other games are going to be yeah, part eligible. of the program as well, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure they're trying to see what the initial sort of numbers will be uh, on it in terms of the game being returned. I think it would be a good idea for them to be able to flip a, a used gaming market or a used game rental market based on a, maybe a process like this where physically, if you had to go to your local games up trying to game i don't know it's speculative but i think maybe games <laughs> i think something like that would be plausible if you didn't have to go through the headache of having to download the games on top of right uh, right right installing just them to play them. getting the cds and all yeah. that stuff if yeah. you didn't have that process anymore an actual physical location would work once we go but, cloud doesn't fucking matter you won't need to download shit yeah We'll see. They're, mm -hmm. they're in the midst of some changes, so we're going to keep following GameStop. They're one of our partners. If corporate's listening, hit us up. We also do consulting. We do. Just we charge saying. a hefty fee, but we promise we'll help change the business. Hey. Big facts. There we go. Super facts. Where's my, where's my Jay-Z <laughs> sound cue? All but right. that's all I got. Um, what, what, what do we got next here, Lilo? Yeah, we, we are going to switch gears here. And this is actually just something global, baby. Global gaming. Uh, I wanted to highlight this story because I thought it was hilarious and kind of asinine. But you're going to see these stories everywhere. Um, apparently, Iraq is considered 
is considering banning Fortnite and other violent video games. According to the Sami Gulab, a senior Iraqi member of parliament, Fortnite and similar games threaten the social and moral peace of Iraq. The Committee on Culture, Information, Tourism, Archaeology views with great concern the spread of the phenomenon of electronic games that is causing violence among children, young boys, and girls. She urged the country's authorities to end this negative phenomenon, and <laughs> though the issuance of legislation to prevent the circulation of these games, or through the issuance, sorry, um, of legislation. Anyway, the idea behind this is coming to a head in Iraq because of several violent happenings that happened in the country. Apparently, there is a PUBG roleplay that went wrong and someone actually got killed in the process. Separately, to a lesser degree, there's aggression between children and their parents because parents are asking their kids to stop playing video games and kids are reacting uh, in a negative light. I think this is fucking asinine. I think this is ridiculous. There's more problems than these video games in the world. And it's, it's not just a problem in Iraq. I just think it's very funny that this is something that's being highlighted and talked about right now. Um, you're going to have dumb kids everywhere. And unfortunately, bad things do happen. Kids take it too far, but that's not the majority. And as to the aggressive interactions between children and their parents, uh, parents, you have to manage your children effectively. That's all I'm going to say on that. Just saying. I think it's fucking hilarious and yeah, regulation everywhere, man. People trying to regulate video games. It's happening. I just don't know if uh, it's actually going to go anywhere because yeah, we have bigger problems, bigger fish to fry. What do you think, Solo? Uh, it's always um, difficult in those situations, particularly, you know, in, in the countries mentioned. Um, I'm sure gaming doesn't have the you know i'm sure gaming is not to blame but there's always scapegoats required yes. when things are as bad as they are in a country like iraq in particular but what can you do um i don't want to get political so i'm going to move on to the <laughs> yeah. next topic and maybe i will get political no i'm not gonna get political yet anywho we're going to jump over to another sort of sad story and that is apex come on apex what's happening man its viewership has plummeted um in recent weeks um its average of two hundred thousand viewers is now approximately 40 to fifty thousand. damn a lot of the big name players have gone over to you know sort of variety streaming to uh I guess maintain interest. I don't think there's any game that could really ride it. I think the initial checks they were getting from EA to play Apex is gone, I think. For sure. Really, all it came down to is what I had said initially, which is Apex is very much a default game because what Fortnite discovered what Fortnite discovered was the ability for a game to become a viral hit and its quality allowed it to sustain momentum and Apex sort of got the viral momentum and it had the foundations of a good game in it but it's not necessarily executing on it they're not really rolling anything out the season pass took forever to come out and <laughs> i think funny, like eight weeks they're just juggling forever. too many things with that and you know the failure now of uh, anthem realistically i guess it's fair to call anthem a failure i don't know maybe we'll do a a final app on that i think Dude, you'd be a more it is a, it accurate is a judge sure. we, we actually covered that we covered that, that a few episodes back and um you know that's failure but what can you do and we'll see. I'm not surprised. It was a default game. People are waiting for another game to come out. And, you know, they hopefully something content. does come out and capture the attention. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly More or less. You hit the point. PUBG and, well, PUBG is a little bit slower, but they have new modes. Uh, they have multiple maps. Fortnite is coming out with new content every fucking week. Apex is just, it, they're not coming out with new content. And as a streamer, you want to be entertained. Once you've seen all the characters and seen all the cool moves that the best players in the world have already done, then there's nothing new for you to watch. Like, why would you just watch a guy win game after game? So you want new content, new interactions, sort of new combinations of items and gameplay. So I can understand why why it's failing. So even Trout is trying to quit Apex, and he's a poster boy. 
Damn, man. All that money. So sad. He's wiping away his tears of quitting Apex. So sad. All right. Next story is more of confirmation. We just want to let you know that our rumor mill back in the day was correct. Uh, If you go back to episode 69 on the 13th of March, I talked about how Xbox could be debuting a new console for us very, very, very soon. And that is being confirmed. Wait, which episode? Uh, 69. Hey! So Microsoft has officially <laughs> revealed its discless Xbox One S today. We knew that these leaks were coming out, but that was part of the rumor mill. It's going to debut at a price of $249 and will be available next month on the 7th of May. So this price point is $50 less than their original Xbox, and it's got a one terabyte HDD. Um, yeah, so you can download the games on the side. Anyway, it's kind of weird that you have that. Anyway, regardless... You're trying to, they're trying to match this up with Game Pass so that you can just download and stream all these games. I think this is the beginning of their future plans for the next generation of consoles. And they're testing the market now. And it's smart because they already had the design. This is what the original Xbox One was going to be until people wanted physical discs like Solo. And then, uh, yeah, people got what they wanted, but now Microsoft is still pushing its agenda and I think it's going to stick. Either way, we were right. That's all I want to say. We were right. Boom. You heard it here, folks. Well, I'm not going to lie. I have actually sort of amended my digital-only rule for Nintendo Switch in the case of in the case of games that I get heavily discounted on the eShop that I'm not paying $60 for at full price. I will just buy digitally. So uh, I got Final Fantasy IX not getting digital if they make a wind waker remaster for switch that goes physical i got a discount on mario rabbits i might as well just get that digital smash brothers go physical so switch you're the only one who gets that honor anywho now i'm gonna keep it moving and actually stay on nintendo which is uh perfectly coincidental (laughs) and in this case it is Nintendo going after YouTubers again and this one I'm I'm sort of conflicted about so basically a very popular YouTuber I guess very popular is relative but a popular YouTuber known as Modern Vintage Gamer who basically (laughs) excuse me um, who basically creates videos um, about emulating old games on the Switch using Homebrew uh, has um, had all of his videos taken down by Nintendo who basically uh, struck the videos for copyright infringement claiming that he had used parts of game footage from Super Mario 64 and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Obviously, <coughs> excuse me, uh, obviously he's claiming that that's not the case, but honestly, It's a little difficult because they do have a right if you're running an illegal software, I suppose, and then marketing it to shut down the video. Obviously, he wouldn't be sort of legally liable because he is not profiting from it and they wouldn't have a reason to go after it. But Nintendo is really strict with a lot of their streaming rights anyway, Mm -hmm. which is why you don't end up seeing a lot of authorized streamers for smash and even if you're streaming with smash i don't think you're allowed to even take donations unless nintendo approves it i forget what the process i'm gonna go into get into learning that a little bit more bring back the rabbit hole but in this case he has tried to figure out a way to release the videos elsewhere i had really wanted to basically i don't want to say hack because i guess homebrews is homebrew technically hacking your your switch yeah Probably. I was going to hack my Switch and put Wind Waker on it, and Leo convinced me not to because he said if you want to play online, Because then he wouldn't be able to download Final Fantasy IX, and he'd be like, well, this fucking sucks. Instead of making me have to do this shit, why don't you just release Zelda Wind Waker remastered for me? I would 100% that game, for sure. Yeah, 100% the game. But in the meanwhile, don't upload illegal videos of you putting 
software shit on YouTube. And if you do, make it private. <laughs> make private, which would defeat the purpose because you can't make money. But yeah, sucks Do for it you, for the people. Sucks for you. All right. Uh, next story we got coming up is a bunch of copycats, aka all the big names in the gaming industry copying each other. Makes sense. We got PlayStation and Microsoft unveiling their video showcases that they know, as you know, has Nintendo's been doing for a while. Nintendo Direct has started in 2011, and then the Nindy Showcase has started in 2017. Well. PlayStation has State of Play now, and Microsoft has ID at Xbox Game Pass, respectively. They both debuted, I believe, last month in March, but we have a full list of the games that they talked about that will be leading into their showcases this summer at E3, or post-E3, or before E3, whenever these big studios decide to do it, because none of them are actually going. So, I'm going to rattle off a list of the games, starting with the PlayStation games that were featured in this showcase. A lot of them are VR-based, but just... Keep in mind. Okay, number one, Iron Man VR. I talked about this before. Looks fucking sweet. You can be Tony Stark flying through the sky. Number two, Crash Team Nitro Racing. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Definitely buying that. Who doesn't want to play Crash Bandicoot? I played this before. I actually played Kart, so that was good. Three, No Man's Sky Beyond Update. Number four, Ready Set Heroes. Five, Blood and Truth. Six, Observation. Seven is a VR game, Night at Freddy's. Eight is Concrete Genie. Number nine, Days Gone, which we already knew about, coming out uh, two weeks, or actually 10 days, technically. Uh, number 10 is Mortal Kombat 11, and then there's a whole bunch of other games. Let's go over to Xbox. Xbox has a lot more indie games, and these are focused on the games that are coming out on Game Pass. So you can find Killer Queen Black on Game Pass, Outer Wilds at Game Pass, After Party on Game Pass, Blazing Chrome on Game Pass, as well as Void Bastards, Operencia, The Stolen, Stolen Sun, Supermarket Shriek, and The Good Life. A lot of new things for you to play. Um, and the industry's copying each other. Just makes sense. So as a gamer, and an indie gamer in particular, you should be excited. Be excited. Solo, wrap it up. And lastly, we have a little bit of Solo being right about the dominoes. And that takes us over to Europe because it's one of my personal favorite topics. And you already know what that is. It's loot, bo- it's loot box. It's loot box talk time. <laughs> and... Now we're going. Sorry, I, I had to kill other bugs. My 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 uh, recording area is infested. Someone never keeps it clean. Cookies, Idiot. cookies, cookies, uh, cookies, cookies, cookies. Uh, so all those snacks that you've heard me eating past couple of weeks has come back to haunt me, haunt me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, as I was saying, loot boxes, Belgium, Netherlands, and in this case. That brings us to Rocket League, which one, Lilo and I have been playing. Two, which will be at Aswariadu Gaming. Tickets available on Eventbrite. And three, has loot boxes in it. And the game has a very sort of annoying version of it that I wasn't aware of, which is that you earn loot boxes over the course of playing the game, whether you buy the Rocket Pass or not, which is just a season pass. However, to be able to actually open those crates, you have to purchase the keys, which are called decryptors, which Leo told me, which is sort of a joke. However, they've been forced to take it out, and that is because I've said on shows past, Europe is very strict when it comes to its regulations. Uh, In particular, it doesn't sort of bow down to technology companies as well. They basically shut down EA, they shut down Valve, uh, they shut down Activision Blizzard with what Overwatch was doing. So if you had loot boxes and your game is in Netherlands, you no longer have loot boxes. So Sucker. there is a lesson in there. The companies will respond uh, if they're threatened with actual action. And we'll see where we end up on this side because I think the conversation has died down because the popularity of Fortnite has died down. And right. I don't think there is a game that is pushing as noticeable a rate of purchasing in-game that would sort of lead you to be like, that's crazy. But I could be wrong. I'm probably right. <laughs> but... 
<laughs> I'm probably right. Oh man. This is smart. That, that's what's I'm saying. going to just say, I am very proud of my humility. Anywho, <laughs> that's all we got for a quick scope. And now it is time for a little bit of uh, something or another would be the best way to describe this. Oh, I'm at war with Ant in my in my recording studio. Jesus <laughs> Lord. Um, anywho. We're going to touch on Sony a little bit right before we get to Sony later. And in this case, uh, they've decided to uh, apply for a patent that shows an in VR tournament spectating mode. And so, as you're aware, Sony has VR headsets. And they are trying to basically create a model that would affix cameras to parts of arenas uh, and in different seats and would allow the individuals who are watching to Mm -hmm. be able to jump around the cameras or to be able to jump uh, the actual recording cameras, etc., in-game as well. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's it's, uh, VR is sort of like going to find its realm in you know virtual spectating with sports as well but if sony can hit on that that's that's an interesting space to be pursuing and like we said vr is a few years out and if they're viewing a few years out and god you know it's curious it it shows a little bit or reflects (laughs) a little bit about where they're idea is in terms of where they can become profitable where Microsoft was like we have a cloud infrastructure we can become a cloud platform and I'm going to discuss this at the end as well interesting interesting move Um, and so this week something or another happens to be useful what can I say (laughs) what can I say I stumble upon something interesting from time to time I like the patent talk Anywho. is probably still my favorite talk because like the implications yeah. are like they don't necessarily need to do it, but this is sort of along the lines of what we heard about Japan, the host nation of the 2020 Olympics, talking about creating duplicate stadiums and making projections so that people can get physical tickets to the actual stadiums and watch the soccer players play, or they can go to these projection stadiums and still watch holograms on the ground play, but in a different stadium. PlayStation could roll this into the Olympics if they make a deal and you could watch them as if you're in the crowd. That would be so fucking cool. Like real sports. And this is not just esports, but real sports. Throw this into like, hey, PlayStation, you want to watch Overwatch? Check it out. You can do the new spectator mode and just go from player to player to player and like look around as if you're that player. That's fucking cool, man. That's actually a really good idea. Long-term view. Implications, man. Yo, uh, PlayStation, we do consulting on the side. (laughs) As a FIFA commentator once said, possibilities. Possibilities. I love it. I love it. And throwbacks aside, let's bring this segment back, which has been dormant. It's been four weeks. For God knows how long. Four weeks? Yeah, four weeks dormant. Lilo did the bag. Lilo was like, I got a game spotlight this week. When's the last time I didn't do it? You <laughs> got it. that number right on in. I know. I know. <laughs> I checked. I checked it out. I was like, oh, you got to talk about this. And so, that's right. Hell yeah. Uh, I can actually Run heal. Back, Turbo. I can heal here. Not heal. I'm healing because my heart is healing now that we're doing this segment again. But I can hear the actual sound cue. So, Soul is playing me in. Appreciate that. We are doing the Lilo Game Spotlight. And if you didn't know, this past weekend was the Star Wars Celebration, baby. I'm a huge fan. Uh, they revealed a whole bunch of news. Disney is coming through. Lucasfilms. You got the first trailer for Rise of the Skywalker, which is going to be, I don't know. I hope it's going to be great. Whatever. In JJ we trust. I'm going to go with that. Then there's the Mandalorian TV show. Uh, and the biggest thing for and us. In we fans. trust. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that would be cool too. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be part of the Disney streaming service because they're coming out with their own Disney Plus, if you didn't know. You heard it here, folks. Um, but let's get to the games. The games are the things that you want to hear about. Respawn. In Respawn, I trust. Created Apex Legends. Created some of my favorite titles like Titanfall, Titanfall 2. 
they have been working on a single player game that has officially been revealed as Jedi Fallen Order. And I am so fucking hyped for this game. So as you know, as I just said, Respawn Entertainment are these guys who have made it. This has been going on in the side. I mean, they, they're good at keeping things under wraps and we knew they were working on a single player game, Star Wars based for years now, but now we actually got the first debut trailer. What is it? It's going to be a single player, third person RPG action adventure game you're gonna follow a young jedi knight well not even a young jedi a young padawan technically on his journey to become a jedi knight so the gameplay details involved the story really let's start with there uh, the story is post episode three so post revenge of the sith and before a new hope if you didn't know that's in between three and four but at the end of three our protagonist cal kestis is fleeing from the order of 66 order 66 by emperor palpatine is the exter extermination essentially of all jedi in the fucking i guess galaxy if you watch the movie you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but anyway cal kestis apparently has tried to avoid this he was able to avoid the initial hit and he's on the run he's trying to live a normal life but you're picking up the pieces of a shattered past to complete training and master the art of the iconic lightsaber all while staying one step ahead of the empire and de deadly inquisitors the inquisitors inquisitors apparently according to canon are the guys who are searching out jedi knights or people who are force sensitive and killing them in case uh they ever become a threat to the empire so fun facts about the game Respawn has revealed that it will be no multiplayer. It is single player only. It is the dedicated AAA single player experience. Fucking cool. Number two, no microtransactions. You can't buy loot boxes. You can't buy anything like that. It's literally like a God of War Jedi version. Fuck yes. Number three, gameplay focus that has players utilizing different melee combinations with their lightsaber to deliver realistic lightsaber battles. Sort of what you'd see. They're, they're trying to, I guess, give you the movie theater experience where you have some epic fucking battles. I'm really curious how that works. If they have a free form lightsaber attached to your right stick on a controller or something like that, that would be really crazy. Uh, four, they have new force mechanics, but I don't actually know what that means. No one does. So as you see more trailers or gameplay, we'll, we'll understand what that means. Five, there's going to be environmental trans traversal mechanisms and mechanics involved in the game. So in my mind, I'm thinking it's Assassin's Creed because you can scale walls and shit like that, but you can also manipulate the environment with your force powers to get places. So that's going to be pretty cool. Imagine you need to pull over your own platform with the force, then hop onto it and then hop up to another spot. That'd be cool. And number six, they're going to do environmental puzzles as well, or puzzles in the, you know, just running around. Imagine Tomb Raider. Think of Prince of Persia. Think of uh, Uncharted, that kind of stuff. Those puzzles incorporate that into the game. I don't know. I'm, I'm so fucking ready. Right now, in the stage of development, they're finalizing the gold copy. Over the next couple months, they're currently in beta and doing that stuff, all that, that checkout. But the game itself is going to be released on November 15th on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and the PC. And Solo, I'm marking that day. I, I'm taking that whole day, and I'm going to play the game. And... Uh, if this is part of the GameStop return policy, I'll pick it up from GameStop, beat it in 48 hours, and then bring it back, get my money back. That's what I'm talking about. That's, uh, I wanted to make that joke before. GameStop is allowing you to, uh, putting new emphasis on speed runs. Let's go with that. That's what they're trying to do, I think. But uh, seriously. Shout out to our event partners. <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order. If you're not excited, you're not a Star Wars fan, and you're not my friend, even though you're all my friends, but like, I'm so fucking pumped, and I think Respawn will do a wonderful job. And if it, if the mechanics, if the movement is anything like Apex Legends and what they've already utilized on Titanfall and Titanfall 2, a Jedi is gonna be very fluid, and it's gonna be very, very fun. You got any thoughts? Um. I'm in the middle. I'm not going to lie. I'm not like a, a, huge Star a diehard fan. Star Wars exactly. fan. You know that. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's something I'm interested in. Uh, don't get me wrong. However, we'll see where it ends up going directionally. I think the pre-orders are out now. They'll know. They're making a fuck ton of money for sure. People are... There's a lot of hype. A lot of hype going around. As you can tell in my voice, I'm fucking hyped. And that's five months away. Yeah, sorry, I was <clears throat> finishing typing something up. Uh, yeah, I don't know what games I'm excited about. Seven There's nothing. I'm bad at math. Sorry. Halo. Halo is ba basically it. And it's interesting 
as all this excitement builds up for Halo, which is something that's been on my mind. Uh oh. That's right. That brings us into a little bit of the final lap because it's time to talk to PS5. So I'm going to get to my angle afterwards. Lilo, I guess, is going to get into the tech aspects of it. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the little breakdown, more or less an interview with Wired Magazine and the tech head of the PlayStation, whose name is off the top of my head, being Mark Cerny. Uh, Basically, I was going to say, it is slipping my mind, but it was found in the middle of me saying I forgot it. Saving so it. saving it. Basically, sound like I forgot it anyway, but that is a lesson. When you forget something, keep delaying. And <laughs> before I get into anything else, he basically released some random details out of the blue for no reason about PlayStation 5, or seemingly no reason. So, Lilo, before we move forward any bit... Break us down a little bit on what technology I was hearing and reading. Mm. What's this alphabet soup? I see ya. I see ya. Uh, yeah. Solo, he brings up a good point. There's a lot of technical jargon coming in, but I'm going to hit you with the fun facts right now. So, fun facts coming through. Apparently, the PS5 architecture is going to be based off of an 8-core CPU that uses AMD's third-generation Ryzen line. Uh, it's the latest chip they have that currently has a seven nanometer Zen to process and a custom GPU based on the Radon Navi hardware. You don't really know what that means, but more cores is better, easier processing. Cool. Moving forward, this is going to feature some ray tracing capabilities. You ever heard of ray tracing before? We talked about it. What's up? What's up? It's a new buzzword in the industry. So the GPU can trace light better from its source through the, all the reflections and then to your observer's eye, creating more realistic pictures and lighting. Ray tracing is going to be capable on PlayStation 5 because of the software that can actually do it now. That's pretty cool. So better graphics. Number three, in lieu of better graphics, not in lieu, in line with better graphics, it's gonna support up to 8K resolution, hypothetically. Apparently that's what they're listing now. No one's gonna have a fucking 8K TV, no offense, in two years, but if you have it, you can use it. Number four, they're coming out with a custom 3D audio chip by AMD to deliver more immersive sound. And how does sound different now? Well, instead of surround sound, think of omni sound. So currently you can hear things left and right and behind you. Now think up and below you, on top of you and below you, omnidirectional, 360, 720, wherever you wanna go, everywhere, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, number five, one of the biggest things coming to next gen, and this is what I imagine Xbox would do with their physical uh, console, will be hard drive is now SSD, solid state drive, thank fucking God. This reduces boot times of games and just startup times of the console itself. They tested this on Marvel Spider-Man, so it took 15 seconds for it to boot on a PS4. It takes 0.8 seconds to boot on the dev kit for the PS5. That's fucking crazy. Imagine starting your game and then one second later you're in the screen, ready to go. Six, it's backwards compatible. This makes a lot of fans happy. Number seven, slow rolling transition. They're going to be pushing a PS5 out, but maintaining support of PS4. I think this makes sense, but they're having the AAA titles come out on both consoles so that if you just get a PS4 Pro now, you'll have some time before you need to get a PS5. And last thing, they're going physical discs. There you go, Solo. They're keeping the disc drive, though we don't know what type of CD they'll be using. That's good for you. Um, 2020, be on the lookout. They definitely said not this year, but next year. That's the jargon, those are the fun facts. Solo, hit us with your thoughts. I think that it's interesting that they're including ray tracing. It's something we covered a few months ago when NVIDIA had the conference where they announced it. And it was actually initially going to be or actually intended to be the initial episode of Lilo's Lab where we were going to cover right. ray tracing. So hope maybe maybe RTXs. for the next one. We could bring it back. You know, that could be the next thing. Yeah. That's a good Explain call. how it applies to gaming and, and what that sort of it's in reference to. But um, 
I think the technology aside, because a lot of that is still to, you know, to be determined because once you start thinking in terms of scale, that technology, which we've discussed and which they made, you know, certain to point out has never been put into a console. Right. Uh, successfully. Things will change. And I think so if that's the case. Be distilled down. Exactly. And so I think it's a great idea. I think load time is sort of in relation to what you discussed last week on Wheels Lab, which was input lag, which mm-hmm. is if you are if you've already defeated input lag by nature of being a home console, load times is the next battle. Yes. Uh, and the longer the, mm-hmm. you know. Stay immersed, exactly. And it's a perfect way to put it. And it's something God of War really managed to do by nature of its camera always being sort of active uh, to the degree that you're never taken out of a point of view that keeps things continual. Right, doesn't go to and the cut think, screen. Yeah. Yeah. And so taking away load times gives you that, that same option, more or less. And so realistically what I kept implying as to why the information was so interesting was a lot of the news has been PlayStation's decision to not partake in E3 and to host their own little sort of PlayStation event and how it's a huge opportunity for Microsoft and how Microsoft has all of this stuff coming out and how they're going to announce Halo and so people were sort of downplaying what PS five could offer or what Sony really had to offer. And so to release all of this information sort of on the heels of the release of the pricing information of the Xbox one di- discless model. Right. It's int- which one are we talking? Which one's our final app? Yeah. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 They're, they're both related. I do think, I think the timing was on purpose. I think they're doing it to take wind out of Microsoft sales. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's I, that's why it's hilarious, which is I'd be like, oh, why did this guy randomly just talk to a Wired reporter who I'm sure even as he was hearing this and seeing this was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you showing me <laughs> yeah, all right? this? this Without realizing that this. the whole point of this was all on Twitter. The top trending thing was PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. because I, you know, Microsoft's our event partner. I love Microsoft. Send us free shit. But you know this is a, a sort of brilliant publicity and pr move on sony's part and is sort of funny and sort of in line with the way that the company was described in uh you know or has been described to work with sony they know what they're doing they don't want friends they're not fucking around they don't need any friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely they don't, don't want need friends. any friends i think there's okay sony let's be friends sony, yeah exactly let's be friends with us but this shit is hilarious i think like you said the the specs i think will be distilled down i think they kind of went hype and and too too crazy into it but i think they also did at the same time because microsoft is going to reveal the shit and has been in development for longer therefore they're locked in and if sony comes out and says all this crazy shit that they're going to have the best console ever and then microsoft comes and debuts with anything less the market will be less than receptive to microsoft i think that's one even though sony has to execute on nothing and their only benchmark is what xbox releases exactly so they as long as they exceed microsoft by a little bit they win this battle even if they lie to the public now which is so fucking funny but uh really i don't know do you think it'll come out in 2020 i got one more question after this that i just want to ask you and then we can wrap this up um i think 2020 is the year it's a curious question to me because I think the backwards compatibility allows them to release games for PS4 for a longer timeline, mm-hmm. and that would buy them the ability to release it, if not Later, in 2020, right? in like when, late, like January of 2021. 21. You know what I mean? Post-holiday season? But at I the same time, the latest to- would be 2020 holiday season. Yeah. About 2020, 21. All right. I, I, I don't know. I was just curious what your thoughts were, especially. I think it also, I, I mean, what do you think? You think the same timeline? I think honestly, same timeline. They clearly have a, a very good, imp- like technology wise, they have a blueprint of what they want. And the development kits are already out 
at publishers. So that's been a f- that's a fact. So people are making games now with the hardware that they're expecting for PS5. So I think that's that's good. So 2020 uh, holiday season sounds reasonable. I, I think it's going to be relative to what PlayStation. I mean, actually, not PlayStation. What Xbox releases for their potential next generation, and in addition, what Nintendo Switch sort of upgraded versions will be released on the timeline. Two point because they're a smart company, mm-hmm. as you can tell. So they're going to play the timeline very much based on what they think the competitors are doing and where they stand in market right, position. So and then that will buy be ever evolving. Would you buy Xbox or PlayStation? Microsoft. There you go. Forever. Till you die. I like it. Good man. Good man. Till I die. Alright. With that, I'm pretty sure that's the end of the final lap. We covered a lot of stuff for PS5 and really a lot of hype. A lot of hype being built right now. Coming towards June, man, two months. And then but shout get out all the Sony, showcases. send us some shit too. Yeah, man. I'm down to rock PS5 shit too. Don't get me. Yo, I'm I'm for all consoles. I'm not doing this one or the other. We're going to be sponsored by Microsoft and PlayStation and Nintendo. I don't care if you guys don't like and each other. Capcom, You're gonna fucking like us. And Capcom, exactly. and PlayStation Classic, and every other. You can dislike Atari. each other, <laughs> yeah, but you're not allowed to dislike the good old folks. Simple. Because we like games, okay? And you're in that gaming community. Because we is. Yeah, yeah. Not taking it. Anywho, that is about all we have. We're a little bit later than usual because we was rambling. Soiree do gaming, as we said multiple times. May third, Eventbrite. The tickets are live. Five bucks, whole lot of shit included. That starts being unveiled tomorrow on our Instagram at people. Everything that people like games is a basic fucking premise of all of this plugs. Anywho, let's stick it with tradition. Lilo, take us home. We have so many fun facts for you. So many things in the works for you. Be sure to follow us on the social media and uh, keep listening to our show. Keep giving us feedback. We'd love to incorporate it. You'll be hearing your voices on the show very, very soon because we want to get more people involved. Namesake series. Come back. Come back. And uh, yeah, we will tune in next week with more news in the gaming industry. Adios. Peace.